The following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion, but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. These are indeed unusual and rare times. This show today is going to be all about the psychological impact of societal unrest. Most of you know that follow this show, I wrote a book called Societal Shift, A World Without Borders, A Home Without Walls. And we are progressing into a societal shift in a very big way. It's an interesting time in all of history when you think about what is going on. What I'm talking about in social unrest is when things happen to us, not with us. In other words, most of us have some sort of uh, preconceived notion that we're in charge of our own destiny, that we can control the reality around us. And most of us get up every day with the idea that, I'm going to take control of my life. And there's certainly something to that. Self-responsibility is certainly a good thing. However, none of us are in control of our lives, regardless of what we think. You think about what we've been through just in the past 18 months. We have the COVID-19, of course. That means a lot of isolation. That means government agencies deciding when you can leave your home and under what conditions and what you're going to wear and who you you can see and how long you can see them and whether or not you can work. That is another one of the big societal uh, impacts that's having that's causing the unrest, just major, major unemployment because governments decided to shut the to shut the world down. I'm not here to pass judgment one way or the other. I have my own opinion. I'll try to keep it to myself. But It did affect all of us financially. Uh, There was a period of time when everybody raced out to the store to get toilet paper and sanitizer, and, and you couldn't buy pasta anywhere just in case the world was coming to the end. So you have COVID-19, you have terrorism, you have the refugee crisis, you had the caravan that only a year ago was charging towards American borders. You have rioting and looting and protesting going on. You have isolation. You have people in obsessive compulsive behavior and you have economic fallout. All of those things disrupt your sense of predictability. And it is causing incredible social unrest. But I want to talk about it today with the psychological impact on what it has to do with criminal activity and also from the standpoint of the fact that this is not just happening to us. It's happening on the global stage. And with the societal shift, the concept of societal shift is based on the idea that the entire world is being connected by technology. 
and that changes our society. It will change who you are. It will change how your children perceive truth, how they perceive and process facts and information. It will change how we prepare ourselves for the future, and it will change how we see ourselves as individuals. Literally, as the entire world is coming together, when you have social unrest in one area, you experience it within your own life. In other words, when we're watching these uh, riots right here in America that are taking place that are, by the way, just disgusting, um, I'm not against peaceful protesting, not against that at all. We have a right to, to have our voices heard. But what you're seeing there is true vandalism and uh, illegal behavior in action. But what happens here is that uh, we here in our home, I live about 60 miles uh, west of of Los Angeles, about 90 miles north of San Diego. And uh, what happens here is that all of a sudden, every three minutes, you get a phone call from the government telling you, stay in your home, uh, that you're in isolation, that you're in lockdown, that there's a curfew. Uh, you have the Amber Alert system going off all the time. You feel like you're about to be bombed. You know? It's just like, whoa, what's happening here? And as we watched the looters on TV, in some cases they were right here in my community, we had, uh, I can't remember, about a couple thousand law enforcement officers. I work for the Riverside County Sheriff. Uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a law enforcement officer, but I do report to them through a Department of Justice grant because I'm the training and outreach coordinator for their human trafficking task force. I was very, very proud of our law enforcement and the way they handled this crisis. They, they gave the people the time to protest, but when it was over, they put a massive amount of force in there and they began to take on the bad guys. Now, still, there was plenty of looting. There was plenty of broken windows. There was plenty of going in and tearing out businesses and even harming individuals, which is unfortunate. But what I saw here and what I experienced and what I think is important for us to understand is from a societal shift point of view is you process that like you're involved. In other words, because now you will see criminals that are running away, looting, taking a a uh, video cam, a, a live streaming their actions. Apparently, they want their own version of it. Uh, you see individuals as fires are being set in businesses or um, the windows are being smashed. As they're running away, they're live streaming it. And then they get to the nearest news source. Um, the same thing with Twitter. Uh, people get immediately on Twitter and get a particular hashtag so that they can get and upload their video and get that visibility. So you have instant reporting from various angles, and that allows you to live through it as if you're involved. That means that you are processing emotions like it really happened to you. And what it does, the reason why things like uh, these riots and terrorism and and those kinds of things work is it disrupts your sense of predictability. You know, it happens to you, not with you. You say to yourself, oh, my gosh, that could be me that they're shooting at. Uh, if you see in France where they drive a, a car into a uh, you know, a crowd of people 
at a big event and then you say to yourself, I better not go to this uh, entertainment thing I'm going to go to or this big uh, sports venue that I'm going to go to. Somebody's liable to drive a car right into there and you experience that and then they play it over and over and over. By the way, I want to just share with you, since many of you know that I work in sex trafficking, that's exactly, by the way, what a pimp does to victims of sex trafficking. They will rape her or sodomize her or gang rape her and gang sodomize her and they film that and they get you to they force that victim to watch that over and over the purpose of that is it will alter their perception of self and that is exactly why I say that there is a huge impact in today's activities under the idea of societal shift. If a person watches themselves in violation in this particular case, being violated over and over, they pass judgment on themselves in an out-of-body experience. This is one reason why it is so difficult to be able to get victims of sex trafficking out of the life. They feel like damaged goods. They perceive things as if they're damaged. They perceive it as if other people have seen that over and over and over because they're not able to delineate between the reality and and uh, what they're seeing in a secondhand experience. And it will, will give them another layer of trauma. I say that uh, I'm not comparing, for instance, looting or uh, let's say the COVID-19 crisis or terrorism to being a victim of sex trafficking. It has its own uh, parameters. It has its own unique characteristics. And it is absolutely, in my opinion, almost terrorism uh, to be a victim of sex trafficking. It will change who you are for the rest of your life. This is the reason why an organization like Million Kids literally beats our brains out trying to do prevention and intervention of sex trafficking because we know that once they've been violated, that their road back is going to be harder and harder and harder. This is also why we admire so many victims of sex trafficking survivors that survive it. They come out, they are able to work through that kind of PTSD. And yes, it's PTSD just like in a war. Um, you know, different kind of uh, event, but the same kind of effect on the psyche. And it will be a lifelong experience. And, and the same kind of thing, maybe on a bit of a lesser degree, happens when our kids go on social media and they encounter the wrong person. They send a naked photo. They, they get uh, blackmailed. That's called sextortion, by the way, sex and extortion together. They, they, uh, they get blackmailed, and that child will go through that same kind of PTSD. Keep in mind, in that case, usually there's nobody in the room with them that made them do it. It isn't like Uncle Joe comes in and violates them sexually. They fall in love with a fantasy on the uh, Internet, and they decide to send that photo wanting to be loved, wanting to please them, wanting to be included, wanting to be discovered and be important. And instead, they end up being degraded and blackmailed. And this is why Million Kids fights that is because one of the one of the fallouts of the COVID-19 is that teenagers, thousands, millions upon millions are online. And most of them are doing school or doing this and doing that. 
but they are much more likely to connect with people they don't know. Number one, they're bored. Number two, they want approval. And what will end up happening there is that they will end up being violated. That kind of psychological experience where they evaluate themselves, this is the reason why these crimes are so different. It is photographed and it is played over and over and there is a record of it. And that is what is happening in this crime of, of uh, looting and rioting and protesting is they are playing that over and over. That's what happens in terrorism. And we see that and we say to ourselves, that could be me. That could be my child. That could be someone I love. And we process it like it happened to us. And that is one of the major impacts of societal shift is that we have film on events that we normally would never, ever see in real person. And we experience it like it really happened to us. This is Opal Singleton. The show is Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We are up against that break, so we'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. This is Opal Singleton, host of Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Did you know that every day in America, more than 9,000 kids are sextorted? That means blackmail with an illicit or naked photo. This does not have to happen. Million Kids has been educating in schools for over eight years now. And it is my dream to make a documentary that we can give to free to every school in America across the nation to educate our kids about how the internet works and where a naked photo goes when you hit send. But we need matching funding on this. So if you have it in your heart today to support us in this documentary, please go to GoFundMe Million Kids. That is GoFundMe Million Kids and donate today. We can make this world a safer place for your kids and our kids. GoFundMe Million Kids. Thank you for your support. Hello, this is Opal Singleton, host of Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Hey, let me tell you about my new book, Societal Shift, A World Without Borders, A Home Without Walls. We are living at the most important time in all of history. In 2020, the entire world will be connected by Internet. That means our kids can access the entire world, but the entire world can access our kids, including pedophiles, predators, cartels, and organized crime. New technologies like encrypted messaging, vaporware, cryptocurrency, and the dark net means pedophiles all over the world can access, groom, and exploit our kids. Right now, over 9,000 kids a day are being blackmailed because they sent a naked photo. This book is for parents and educators and anyone who cares about kids. Go to www.millionkids.org and order Societal Shift today. It may be the most important thing you ever did to keep your child safe from predators seduced the grooming of america's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in america three out of four victims are u.s citizens most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the internet sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo sometimes 
it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We are talking about the psychological impact when you have societal unrest, and especially in a world without borders. One of the things that I often do whenever I analyze cases, and those of you that know me, I'm known for my tens of thousands of hours of research on sextortion, social media exploitation, sex trafficking, labor trafficking, and child pornography. And uh, one of the things that I always do whenever I look at an article or look at a case that happened, I try to analyze it from the standpoint of what did I learn about the pedophile or predator, what did I learn about the victim, and what can I share with law enforcement. One of the things that I always do when I look at something like this is try to understand the mindset of the criminal behavior that is going on. Now, that is not always easy, and that is not a friendly place to be. I will tell you that I've never really conquered that. Uh, I'm not sure I understand pedophilia. I set in on numerous, way too many numerous cases of um, where they've analyzed pedophiles. I've, I've seen uh, video after video of, uh, of uh, interviews of pedophiles. And when I look at something like your, uh, your looting and your rioting that is going on, you say, what's this all about? I recently uh, tried to do some research on that. I'm not sure the experts are any uh, more close to what's really going on in their thinking than others. Here is one, though. Uh, Ken Elsold, uh, under hidden motives, he says it offers a kind of intense belonging. We're talking about looting here and rioting. It offers a kind of intense belonging not dissimilar to what spectators feel at a sports event or fans at a rock concert, but because it isn't focused on a game or performance, it easily gets out of hand. Freud described such mass psychology in 1924 in the tumultuous aftermath of World War I. Others have studied it since a recurrent form of group behavior. Well, I do, I do uh, concur with what he's saying. When you get into group think, you have almost no think. <laughs> How about that? Because you get caught up in the moment. And people will do things they normally wouldn't do. 
I was watching the looters on television, and um, it, it's an interesting thing because it, it kind of reminds you of the typical gang mentality. You know, gang members get involved in, and actually make a pledge to violence, uh, make a, a pledge to doing evil. Uh, it is part of the requirement, and they see that as hierarchy and levels of vile, if you will. And uh and so, you know, as you know, many of the, many of them, they they actually give rewards for killing. Uh, they get a notch on or a badge in their gang uh, gang uh, vest and like that. So I saw that a lot with when I'd watch the various scenes, whether it was Los Angeles or Chicago or right here in Riverside. Some of those guys wanted to be the baddest of the bad. It's almost like there's a competition or uh, a desire for stardom, for recognition that uh, that I am uh, more blatant, more willing to take chances, more destructive than anybody else. Uh Sometimes you see that in children is if I'm really, really bad, I can get extra attention. And you'll often see that. By the way, I I have said for a long time that this also often takes place with women in sexuality. Uh, you, will, you will go out and you'll see... See, uh, I have no problem whatsoever with women dressing provocatively and looking sexually attractive and like that. But you know what I'm talking about. The skirt is just two inches below their yin-yang, and, and uh, they got 82 pounds of makeup on, and their their blouses down to their belly button, and, you know, they're wearing six-inch spike heels, and it's like they're trying to make a statement of some sort. Either they're looking to, to be in the life, or they want to make a statement about, you know, that they're more sexually provocative than other women. I'm never quite sure. But what you do see is that when you get into this kind of groupthink, that there is a level of competition, if you will, a need to stand out and to get that kind of recognition. There's something else that happens on a negative basis when you get into these kinds of social unrest things, and that it really sets off obsessive compulsive behavior. We all know, or at least many of us that work in the business here know that that one of the first things that was going to happen with COVID-19 is that you are going to see an increase in domestic violence because people are isolated and uh, that, that will make you feel out of control. And what will happen is people that have a tendency to have anger management issues will accelerate those because they feel like other people are controlling their lives and they will increase their anger uh, in order to be able to try to get back control, and they will increase their violence. If they're in a domestic violence relationship, that domestic violence will increase as they feel the need to take control with it. The other thing that we have really seen, and it is a fascinating thing, you don't want to draw the wrong conclusions because we're looking at a, a fairly short period in time as history goes, meaning the COVID-19 thing has lasted like three months, but and if you if you look in all of history, that that is not a long time. It's felt like forever to me. That uh, one of the things that we have seen is um, uh, child pornography cases, uh, pedophilia cases accelerated in a big way. It's a fascinating thing with uh, pedophilia because uh, I've studied that intensely. 
And uh, what you'll see is it affects all kinds of people. Now, about 5% of pedophiles are female, but the bulk of them are males. And for a long time, I did a spreadsheet on uh, arrests of child pornographers. It was just based on public data, so it, it would was not, uh, you know, the end-all and be-all of, of research by any means, because anytime you're relying on public data, it is skewed by the very nature of public data. They they try to make things uh, a little more uh, seductive, a little more salacious, and the headlines are always uh, going for the salacious kind of thing. But what I found was that pedophiles come in all sizes, shapes, ages, and various kinds of professions. They, we are seeing them starting to be younger and younger. When I first started tracking it, they, I would see that the average age was 45 to 65. And my, I was just speculating that maybe that had to do with the fact that uh, you know, they had been married forever or they were going uh, through some sort of midlife crisis or they were beginning to see the waning of their sexuality and decided to um, allow themselves to, to go into those areas of uh, voyeurism that they would not have let themselves go into before. But I'm not sure that's right. I, I'm just, uh, I was just speculating. What I am seeing is that many of the child pornographers are younger and younger, and they're using online gaming and social media to connect, especially boy-to-boy or man-to-boy kind of thing. Uh, so... Uh, we might be seeing a different trend there. Now, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say that's the facts or the truth. I'm just saying, based on my overall observations, there's probably a trend going on there. But what happens with these pedophiles? Some of them are, you know, uh, low IQ kind of non-performers, locked in their mom's bedroom playing video games 20 hours a day, kind of thing. But most of them are not. Most of them are uh, have some sort of job. They're often married. Uh, and many times they'll be child pornographers but not touch their own child. Other times they will touch their own child. And uh, what you're more likely to see is that uh, it is getting a societal inclusion that we had never been able to predict before. This is part of what I talk about in societal shift. In other words, pedophiles used to hide in the dark closet, and now they don't. And so what happens is is that they will uh, go into an area on the Internet and find each other. And when they do that, when they find each other, they meet in the clear web and they go in the dark web. And the next thing you know, they are uh, part of a community. They are supporting each other. But what what you'll see is when things get tough, when they're isolated – they have more time and more time online. Many of these people have degrees. Some of them have doctorate degrees. Some of them are doctors. Some are pediatricians. Some of them are pastors. Some of them are policemen. Many, many, many of them are in the school system. Uh, And that is not uncommon because what you're really seeing there is a desire to be near kids. And so it's not uncommon to see very intelligent people with pedophilia. 
and especially if they're part of these rings now. Now that the COVID thing had kicked in, what you see is these people have a lot of time on their hands and a lot of time online, and they may not even be earning an income, and they are feeling the pressure of survival, their family pressure and like that. And so what you're starting to see are more and more cases of child pornography. What we're also starting to see, though, are more and more people getting arrested for it because law enforcement can sit behind that computer and find those guys. They know how to find them online, and they are being arrested in the massive numbers. So it's a fascinating time that we're living in here. It is truly a societal unrest and a societal shift. My name is Opal Singleton. This is called Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We are up against a break, so we'll be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Hello, this is Opal Singleton, host of Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Hey, let me tell you about my new book, Societal Shift, A World Without Borders, A Home Without Walls. We are living at the most important time in all of history. In 2020, the entire world will be connected by Internet. That means our kids can access the entire world, but the entire world can access our kids, including pedophiles, predators, cartels, and organized crime. New technologies like encrypted messaging, vaporware, cryptocurrency, and the dark net means pedophiles all over the world can access, groom, and exploit our kids. Right now, over 9,000 kids a day are being blackmailed because they sent a naked photo. This book is for parents and educators and anyone who cares about kids. Go to www.millionkids.org and order Societal Shift today. It may be the most important thing you ever did to keep your child safe from predators seduced the grooming of america's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in america three out of four victims are u.s citizens most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the internet sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo sometimes it's catastrophic Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. 
Hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This is Opal Singleton and we are talking about the psychological impact of societal unrest. And I'm going to tell you, it has been a world of societal unrest. Who could have believed, starting in January this year, the kind of year we would have the first six months? I hope the second six months gets better. I hope it does, because I'll tell you what, I don't know about you, but I've had it with this deal. Hey, by the way, I want to just share with you, this show is brought to you by Million Kids, M-I-L-L-I-O-N, Million Kids. I'd encourage you to go to meandkids.org or follow us at me and kids on Facebook. Uh, you can write to me at opal, O-P-A-L, at meandkids.org. And uh, tell me who you are, what you do. If you have it in your heart to support our work, we would truly, truly appreciate it. We work out of Southern California, but I train uh, law enforcement and social workers and uh, corporations all across the United States on on the subjects of of, uh, sexual exploitation. And, uh, you know, we take calls from parents uh, whose kids are being violated, and we talk to kids who are being violated. So uh, we're deep into the weeds of this deal here in our training and like that. I wanted to share with you that we are right on the verge of funding a documentary. Probably will happen this afternoon, and I'm very excited about it. The documents are signed and uh, or nearly signed. Uh, it's a pretty good sized situation but I hope that you will follow our work on that subject and uh, uh, so that you can track this documentary it'll take a year to get it out I'm sure but it will be all about how the internet is works and uh, especially for teenagers it's a school documentary that we will be very very proud of and I'm it's been a year in coming it's been very difficult but we're almost there it is really important for all of us, not just our kids, but especially for the parents, to understand that the impact of societal shift, especially right now in a time of social unrest. We were talking about pedophilia. Why do we care? Because our kids are the kids that are at a stake. It used to be that pedophiles was like Uncle Joe, and I'm sorry if your name's Joe and I'm picking on you there. I had to pick on somebody, but it used to be that pedophilia took place within the family unit or uh, maybe down the street with the kid down the street or something like that. But what you're seeing now is a part of this whole social unrest is that pedophiles find each other on the Internet and they get acceptance. It's kind of like that mentality I was talking about earlier with the looters. Uh, These guys built huge libraries of violated children. And, uh, And they get great pleasure out of seeing I have like, 6,000 photos, I have a half a million photos, I have a million photos. How can anybody even go through a million photos? There were three databases in Europe found, this is a global problem, by the way, and part of why it's part of societal shift. There were three databases found out of uh, Ireland, Scotland, and uh, I want to say Norway. I could be wrong on that, I haven't looked for a bit. Anyway, each of them had over 30 million images of naked and violated children, sexually violated children. And I want to emphasize that is not 30 million images. That is 30 million children who had their image taken while being violated. And so this is part of the societal shift. So you have the COVID-19, which brings on isolation, 
It gives us uh, more time to be online and to take more chances. It'll increase domestic violence. It increases uh, your dysfunction on there. Uh, it it changes that your willingness to take chances. We're seeing cases here where people go on these dating sites, especially our kids. They don't know who they're talking to. In a time like COVID-19 or this race riots going on, Talk to your kids about taking control of their life. They can either be proactive or reactive. And this is very, very important because our kids are living online. The same online that pedophiles are living on. And kids need to understand that if they're going to go online, that there are good people and bad people. They need to be able to process and be taught to process the data they are receiving. I talked earlier in this show about the idea that one of the reasons this is so impactful is people film this while it's happening and then play it out and try to get the best film. They compete to get the best film out there. And so we're seeing it like it's happening to us in our own home. We process it like that. Kids need to understand the difference between when it happens to them and when it's happening out there in that digital world, that they process it differently. They get a chance to be either proactive or reactive. And this is a very important conversation to have with your children. First of all, I think the most important conversation to have is what is truth? What are they seeing? Who is playing that video? Why are they playing it? Are they looting while they're putting that out there? And in hopes of getting more uh, fame, notoriety? Or are they sharing it so people can protect themselves? Are they, they get a chance to be a leader or a follower? But they need to also look at what they're seeing because most of our kids these days are going to get their information online. And there is no filter that we're, there's no education, no program, that no filter that we're providing to our children to say, how do you know this is true? Because what is about to happen here is many of these videos will have technology where they can remove parts of it. They can already edit it, but it won't be long till they can actually take an image out of live streaming or put an image in. And so how will you know what you're seeing is true? Teach your children to ask, you know, who is shooting this? What is their motive? What are their credentials? What is the likelihood that this is going to be real? What are their motives? I mean, do they have, are they trying to get you to go one way or the other? Uh, Are there facts involved? This is very, very important because a lot of what we see now is coming from amateurs out in the world who are able to make a statement and give their opinion. And it's important that our kids are taught to say, is this a fact? Is there, what, what makes it factual? Is there a research project? Uh, Are we seeing what we're seeing? Is it real? Uh, How do we know that it's real? One of my biggest beefs, and it doesn't matter to me which, which television show you're watching, but one of my biggest beefs is when the news people will hear you know, an an executive of some sort, a police chief or even the president make a statement, and then they will go through and tell you what that 
person said, like we're not capable of figuring it out ourselves. Except the per the purpose of that is for you them to skew your thinking on what was said, to give their opinion and watch out for that. Teach your child to watch out for that, because this is part of the societal shift. Is that very few facts are now being given out in the name of news? What the most common thing you'll see out there is a news broadcaster giving a statement that contains both fact and opinion. And they will give it like it's all a fact. It's important if your child is going to grow up in a world where they're getting input from millions of people that they be taught to understand what they just heard. Dissect the sentence. Uh, Is it factual? Is all of it factual or is there bias in part of that sentence? That's important to see. I I talked about this in a previous radio show. I heard a, uh, I don't even know what show it was. I I was uh, traveling somewhere and I was having breakfast and it came on TV and it just got my attention. This, uh, this late, this news broadcaster came on and was talking about what somebody had just said, like we couldn't make that out ourselves. But then she said, and President Trump is going to say, da-da-da-da-da. Now, this lady was obviously not of the same political party as Trump. But I said to myself, wait a minute, she's just said a fact with her opinion. And she has delivered it like it's a fact. She said something like, he's going to say this. And I thought to myself, did he write you? Did he talk to you? Did he tell you that? Uh, Did he send you a statement? Have you met with him? I bet she's never met with him. And yet she delivered her opinion of what she thought he was going to say. I wouldn't have had a problem with it if she would have said, in my opinion, this is probably how he's going to respond. But that is not what she said. She said a fact. And then he's going to say this. And I just give that to you because in a societal shift, we must teach this generation who is going to have more information provided to them probably in a day than we've had in 10 years if if they pay attention. And all of it will look very real. And I would guess that 90% of it will have some sort of motive to skew your thinking one way or the other. So if your child is going to live in a world without borders and a home without walls, if they are going to be fed a massive amount of data, we really must teach our children to start to dissect the truth. What is important here? How do I learn the facts? Because People can make misstatements on the Internet all day long. And if, in fact, they get caught, which is not very often on the Internet, if, in fact, they get caught, maybe the apology is buried somewhere in spam. But most of the time, there is so much data coming out that nobody even points out that it is no longer true or it wasn't true in the first place. In the meantime, this is coming into our kids' lives and our kids' heads our own lives and our own heads, we are bombarded all day long with outside information and we are going to have to teach ourselves, this is what I'm going to do to be a leader. This is how I'm going to be proactive. I refuse to be reactive and I am going to take control of my life. This is Opal Singleton. The show is called Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We're up against a break. We'll be right back. 
Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Hello, this is Opal Singleton, host of Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Hey, let me tell you about my new book, Societal Shift, A World Without Borders, A Home Without Walls. We are living at the most important time in all of history. In 2020, the entire world will be connected by Internet. That means our kids can access the entire world, but the entire world can access our kids, including pedophiles, predators, cartels, and organized crime. New technologies like encrypted messaging, vaporware, cryptocurrency, and the dark net means pedophiles all over the world can access, groom, and exploit our kids. Right now, over 9,000 kids a day are being blackmailed because they sent a naked photo. This book is for parents and educators and anyone who cares about kids. Go to www.millionkids.org and order Societal Shift today. It may be the most important thing you ever did to keep your child safe from predators seduced the grooming of america's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in america three out of four victims are u.s citizens most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the internet sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo sometimes it's catastrophic opal singleton president of million kids has written a powerful book for parents educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. This is Opal Singleton, host of Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Did you know that every day in America, more than 9,000 kids are sextorted? That means blackmail with an illicit or naked photo. This does not have to happen. Million Kids has been educating in schools for over eight years now. And it is my dream to make a documentary that we can give to free to every school in America across the nation to educate our kids about how the Internet works and where a naked photo goes when you hit send. But we need matching funding on this. So if you have it in your heart today to support us in this documentary, please go to GoFundMe Million Kids. That is GoFundMe Million Kids and donate today. We can make this world a safer place for your kids and our kids. GoFundMe Million Kids. Thank you for your support. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. 
Well, hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We are talking about the psychological impact of societal unrest based on the idea of the societal shift to world without borders. And uh, sounds like my neighbor over here is uh, cutting their trees. Uh, so I want to just give you one more thought process on this, is that what is happening with all of this unrest coming on the Internet, coming on and displayed on TV, uh, getting Twitter and tweets all day long, getting texts, getting videos, all of this uh accelerates our emotion. It multiplies emotional response. And that is one of the things that you'll have to think about when you talk about it with your teenager. Uh, Think about even 10 years ago, we could turn off the TV and it wouldn't bother us. Uh, We'll see it. We'll choose to see the violence. We'll choose to see whatever happened, the 9-11 deal. Hard to believe that's been almost 20 years now. We'll see all of those kinds of things, but we could turn it off. With social media, 87% of teenagers sleep with their phone, and parents absolutely panic if the if they don't have their phone right there. We have media coming in from all kinds of places, and it is constant uh, adrenaline-based media. And that's an important thing for you to understand. Before, what would happen is we could shut off our emotions. We could go to a quiet place. We could find some level of, of solitude where we could maintain emotional control. But now you're getting a uh, hype with 24-7 news cycle, with tweets, with uh, uh, for the old codgers, uh, email coming in, with Facebook, with Instagram, with all of these TikTok videos coming out all the time. Your emotions are constantly being bombarded. More important, they're being steered in one direction or the other. And we get an adrenaline addiction going, a, a sense of needing to to have some sense of excitement or what will happen is when it's bad, it gets worse kind of feeling because of the COVID isolation. It is very easy to develop group think, especially if the channel you're watching to is really in there getting you to think one way or the other. It is very easy to develop a group panic or a feeling of helplessness and hopelessness on it. Uh, It's very easy to develop a group victimization especially when you have these uh, looting and riots, we all feel victimized. We feel helpless. We feel like it actually happened to us because we're experiencing it with almost all of our senses. Maybe not the sense of smell, but the sense of hearing, the sense of sight, you know, that, that, that uh, music, that, that uh, reporter out there drumming it on. And we also get it when we interact, for instance, with celebrities. Uh, the reason that's so important is we have a tendency to elevate certain celebrities. Each and every one of us have our own kind of celebrities we like, but we will elevate their thoughts and believe that they might know more about it than we do, or at least that they're more trained in it or more mature or that they're more knowledgeable. It will also uh, 
have us interacting with people we don't know. We'll, we'll see people on TV where they've interviewed a truck driver or somebody like that. And yeah, I know that person. And I, uh, yeah, I, I'm for that person. So what you're seeing is where you rather, if you, if you were to imagine your life without social media, I know that's going to be very difficult to do. <laughs> Hasn't it been an amazing process? I mean, in 20 years, our lives are absolutely permeated with outside people that we don't know. And they come in and take control of our lives. They influence whether we're high or low, a video that's depressing or a video that's exciting. And all day long, we're up and down and up and down. What I reason I want to have this show today is mom and dad, especially uh, social workers out there, law enforcement, you know, we get a chance in our lives to either be proactive or reactive, to take control of our lives, to set our own goals, to have that quiet time. You see, the reason why our kids are so easy to manipulate is that they don't often know who they are and what they stand for. They go with the flow, and that means that Other people are going to literally up and down, up and down their lives all day long. One of the most important things we need to do to make our kids so that they can stand against pedophiles and stand against predators is to know who they are, have a strong sense of identity, have a strong sense of self-worth, and learn to be proactive, not reactive, to be able to dissect the truth, to know what they believe in, and to be able to look at things and say, this is not who I am, and I'm not going to participate in this, and these people, I'm going to block them, I'm not going to put myself out there where I'm vulnerable. My name is Opal Singleton, this show is called Exploited Crimes Against Humanity, we are brought to you by MillionKids.org, I hope that you have an hard to donate to our organization. We are a small but mighty organization. We have done so many things in our in our 10 years, 12 years of existence to help other people, and we are just getting started. We are on a mission to educate your kids, our kids, and other people's kids so that they can stand strong against a predator. If you want to donate to me and kids, please just go to millionkids.org and hit that donate button. We have a couple of books on there that I highly recommend that you read. I hope you'll pray for our progress as we move forward on this documentary. We need you. And I hope that you'll take this week and put your arms around your kids, your family, love your husband, love your wife, love your kids. Tell each other how proud you are of them and that you are a family that stands for God and stands for character. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you have a great week, and we'll see you next Thursday morning, 7 a.m. California time. Have a great week, folks. Thank you for tuning in this week to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Please join your host, Opal Singleton, for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another important discussion next week. Thank you.